Hello, family and friends. I'm excited here for day three with Apostles Dale and Dana Colbertson from Evansville, Indiana. And I want to encourage you to uh, to contact them if uh, there's anything that they say that inspires you and you need prayer, or maybe you're a church out there that needs someone to come help you with your church. I'm sure they'd be happy to visit you wherever you are in this country or this world. But God is good. So, Father, we come today ready to receive today. We're so thankful for the Word of God. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. The entrance of your Word gives light, Father. So we come ready for more light. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, you know, we were, one of the things I've learned is that in this role that we're now in as, as apostles is that we're seeing more and more how many pastors are not struggling, I don't want to use that word, but feel alone, that they feel like they're overwhelmed sometimes with all the things that they have to do and that they don't seem to have active support. And that's one of the sad things about this. You know, we we say trust in the Lord, do these things. We, we, you know, even they have church seminars on how to grow your church, you know, and they have all kinds of stuff that you can try to build your church and the whole thing is, if you're pastoring a little country church and you, you, you've got 50 people in your community and you've got 40 of them attending your church, you're a success. That's but, right. But a lot of people would still view that as we're not getting the job done because we're not growing mega. Mm-hmm. And I've seen this wear out pastors. You know, the greatest joy you can have is to understand that you're following the will of God. And that's where we have to encourage one another to remind them it's the will of God, not what will of man says or how we can function as uh, success in ministry. But it's doing the will of God. I I was just thinking how important it is that we get a hold of this one thing. And and it's out of Jeremiah chapter 1. And uh, he says in chapter verse 12, Then said the Lord to me, You have seen well, for I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. Keep reminding yourself that we have to look into what God's word says and that we're going to do what his word says. And if if that's pastoring a church of 50 or 60 or 120 or 1,000, it doesn't make any difference as long as we're doing his will. When we understand that, it takes some of the burden off of us pressure. and the pressure to perform and that we get to the point that we're just doing what it is. If you read on in Jeremiah, one of the things he says, he asked Jeremiah, what do you see? He said, I see a rod of an almond tree budding. He said, you have well seen. Right. You have, you've done it right there. Just by understanding that he's supposed to say what he has seen uh, in the what God's commanded or revealed to him. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing that on a Sunday morning, you're speaking what God says in there, you're on the winning team. You're on the right path. You're doing the right thing. And that's the challenge to the church over and over again because we see other things. This is not a comparative ministry. No, we're not competition. Our competition. We're not to be comparing ourselves to other churches or other people's, what they've got or what they've succeeded in. We're supposed to be doing His will. And if we can keep ourselves mindful of that, that gets a lot of pressure off of us and it gets us to the place that we're comfortable with what he wants to do in our lives. And it makes a big difference on how we do it. I can see that happening with pastors' wives that, you know, they feel inadequate because maybe they aren't as 
gifted as a speaker. That's talented, or maybe they're not called to preach. Yes. And maybe they're not called to play the piano, or they haven't got the uh, talent. the talent to play the piano or have the skill, which I had a little bit, but I didn't have that skill to be the pianist. Yeah. But I know in my case, I wanted to pray. I just wanted to pray, and I wanted to pray for the church. And you allowed me to start a little prayer group. It was small during the week. And we announced it, and a few ladies came, about four. I think there was five of us. And it grew to about eight or ten, finally. But we just started praying for the church to be strengthened and praying for the people in the church, Amen. the congregation. And so being a pastor's wife doesn't mean you have to wear every hat and fulfill every hat to be Amen. a pastor's wife. You can be there alongside to help your husband. You can be there. I was happy to teach a Sunday school class for the kids. That's what I really was happy to do. And actually, when I started in ministry with you, I didn't even know I had a call to preach right. on my life. I just was glad to help. Wherever I can serve, wherever I can help, I'm happy to do that. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's a blessing to have that kind of attitude. Amen. The worst thing that can happen is somebody who, a pastor or his wife, comes in there and think because they've got this position that they're to lord over the people. They're not. They're, oh, they're no. supposed to rule with their thoughts in mind, their hearts in mind. What what will become of me? Remember, we're counted of a double worthy uh, blessing, but we're also counted doubly responsible for yes. it. Yes. And mm -hmm. when... When Peter is talking about that, it means that we have to be mindful of how we preach and what we preach and what we ask the people to do, that we're mindful of their needs, their relationship requirements and requirements that they life. may have. Mm -hmm. And if we don't, then we lose sight of the goal that God has for us. It's to build up the, the body of Christ. As a pastor, we build up the body of Christ. As a church, we are the body of Christ working in this world. And then if we keep, our, as pastors, if we keep reminding ourselves we're working to build God's kingdom, mm -hmm. not our kingdom, not our kingdom. Yeah. then right. we'll have a, a church that's blessed and balanced and comfortable. The issue always comes down to whether or not we'll allow ourselves to take a lesser role to please him or allow ourselves to do something that's uncomfortable for us. And it could be the other way, not taking a lesser role, but taking a more dominant role. If there's a church that's never had a real pastor, and now you come in and you've got a vision that God's given you for yes. your church, you have to make a strong decision. I'm going to follow this vision, and if you want me to, you're going to show me how to transition from visionless to one vision. Not division, but one vision. Yes. Not by vision or several yes. different vision, mm -hmm. but one vision. And when you begin to do this, you'll find greater peace in your life. I promise you. You'll find greater comfort and your wife will be happier because <laughs> she realizes she has uh, hooked up with a person who has got a real understanding of their role as a pastor and their place in Christ. And that role is to equip the saints yes. for the work of the ministry. Yes, Ephesians um, chapter 4. Ephesians talks about in chapter 4, that's right. We don't have to try to make the church, what we do is to equip them and get them ready. Yes. And actually, if we have that vision, it helps the church grow, and they want to grow. 
and they want to take on responsibility. You know, I came from a church where it was like the pastor had all the responsibility and he had to do everything. But that's not what the church is about, the New Testament church. God intended for us to teach and train and equip the body as the fivefold ministry so that the body is actually the ones going out into the world, laying hands on the sick, seeing them recover, and being reconcilers of Jesus Christ to tell the good news that God's not mad at you. He cares about you. He loves you. He has a plan for your life. And just to teach our own congregations how to go out and be real, be who you are in Christ. I love that. I've seen that take place in many people's lives once they get past themselves. They get past what people think they ought to be and just trust in the fact that God has a perfect plan for their life. That's right. You know, the pastor, if you have people in your church and you can have people serve, it's not really the pastor's job to always have to uh, clean the bathrooms and vacuum the carpet. But the thing is, if your church is growing, let your people be a part of this and have ownership of your church. And that takes heaviness off of the pastor. Yes. Pressure. Amen. Well, Well, we're out of time today. Looking forward to tomorrow. If you all would pray for our listeners. Well, Father, I thank you that there, I know that there's pastors listening to this yeah. and people yes. in ministry. Yes. And I know that sometimes they feel like they're all by themselves, but they're not. Greater is he that's in them than he that is in the world. Yes. We thank you for the greater work of the Holy Spirit doing his work in their lives. So, Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that everything that was said today would kind of be imparted to them and implanted in them. And that they would be able to rejoice over the fact that they can be themselves in Christ and not be ashamed of what you're doing in their life. They don't have to follow someone else's pattern. They've got the perfect pattern in front of them, Jesus Christ. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you would please pass along your phone number again, please. Uh, My phone number, if you want to reach uh, Dana or me, you, uh, you can reach us at 812 457 8587. Praise God. Well, thank you so much. Looking forward to tomorrow. And folks, we love you all. And more important, Jesus loves you. And please go talk to someone about him today. And and remember, Jesus thought about you on the cross at Calvary, and he's coming back soon.